Welcome to another episode of SparkCast, where we're going to go off on a different adventure to look at another alien sentient robot named Brainiac, as we continue looking at the third, fourth, and fifth episodes of his appearance in the Superman, the animated series cartoon from the 90s. This is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. And together we are... We're going to start off right away with this first episode. It's called Ghost in the machine for each episode i actually wrote what is brainiac's motivation and what is brainiac's plan to see if i could actually determine what it is and if he actually had a personality during these episodes personality (laughs) yeah the first things that i noticed were just kind of ridiculous like writing things he's like what would you ever do without me lex luther never come to that and i'm like wow pretty uh epic foreshadowing there huh it's followed by two sexual innuendos in a kid's cartoon he's like don't go out there half cocked a missile fails and lois immediately says hey was that a premature product launch and i'm like oh my god after hearing that first one i'm just like it looked like they were just having fun with the writing okay i'm glad it wasn't just me (laughs) yeah i that didn't slip past me at all yeah, I heard the the half cocked. I was like, I, I'm trying to take that a different way, but no, that, that was definitely what it sounded like. Well, what does half cocked even mean as a normal word? It refers to guns, I suppose, but... Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it just means having the gun partially held up, but not actually in a straight line yet. So poorly prepared for if something actually does jump in front of you, like, you know, space kids from the future on your farmland. It, <laughs> it just didn't thing. sound good in that, for some reason, in that context. <laughs> I do like the beginning. It starts with Lex Luthor like, hey, everybody, I trust my technology so much. I'm willing to risk my own life as well as all of yours. To show just how awesome my product is. Consent does not exist. That was totally an Elon Musk move. Totally. This, you're going to all beta test my product. Yeah. He basically was like, hey guys, uh, you're not going to die. Don't worry. There's missiles coming, but my system is super awesome and it'll destroy those things. So this actually had a, a very interesting stereotype that I can get behind. A black stereotype. Because basically right after he says that, like one second later, there is, you know, there's a shot of the crowd reacting. And as he's finished saying that, there's a guy in the background, a black guy, who just immediately is just sprinting out of the room, trying to get out of the building. <laughs> Everybody else is too busy saying, like, oh, no, he can't be serious, as if, like, Lex Luthor is a joker or he's never tried anything like this before. But that other guy, he was like, nope, I'm not messing around with you. I'm not dying today. You guys can play your games. I'm out of here. It just reminds me of when the earthquake happened when I was at work. My coworkers and I just looked at each other and we we're like, "F it, we're gone," and out the door we were. Did the and same like, thing. 
<laughs> I, we were we were six floors up, by the way. So yeah, we had to run down, run out, know where the rest of my our coworkers were. They just and they didn't come out till like over five minutes later. The entire building just shook enormously, and we just bolted rather than think about what would happen. I was walking in <laughs> as that was happening, and it just. I never thought there was ever earthquakes on the East Coast, so I thought we were under attack. I just immediately mm. sprinted out of that building. I'm sorry. <laughs> in a situation like that, if it was big, it would have just escalated and the whole building would have fallen over. So, mm. like, you can't just stay there and, like, think about what the next step should be. Hey, those fire um, sprinkler things just start popping off, like, literally, like, about to hit me in the head. <laughs> so... <laughs> I had no time to think. I just, I just got out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had so many drills all the time at work, as well as lots of accidental things going off all the time that forced us just to evacuate my federal building and wait for, because they, they do a test every like year to make sure that you know how to evacuate in, the, in, the, in an emergency. And that's just for fire. So sometimes they'll have two a year if they also do the shelter in place, if there's like a threat outside or... Tor- Either like usually, if it's a tornado or a terrorist threat, you're supposed to go to the same location. And I mean, you know that has like a reinforced location. <laughs> What'd you say? I said meet in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, where the tornado can lift up all bad. those cars and crush you to death. Yeah. Yeah. What were you plan. saying, Thomas? Uh, well, I was saying always the same location because it was like a reinforced location. The most, most yeah, safe is... <laughs> away from the windows. Yeah, we had to do that too. basically go to the designated area. So, you know, we can say everybody's supposed to come to the spot so we can account for you to figure out like, oh, such and such is probably hurt or where were they, where could they be or whatever. But going back to this, this show, Brainiac, <laughs> there he is. Uh, hey, that guy is Hispanic, not black, right? Uh, I don't know. His hair doesn't seem like the lady next to her, him, I would say, is more Hispanic. More hair. <laughs> but I, I think this counts as black in this particular universe. <laughs> One thing I think is funny, both times when, so Brainiac contacts Luther and he's like, ah, oh, someone's sabotaging, come see me here. And when he calls Clark on the phone, he's like, hey, are, are you Clark? All right, thanks, bye. But if you actually have watched the previous episodes, you know that's Brainiac's voice. He doesn't try to disguise it to either character. Oh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't, because I, well, because I think he just figures, well, I've never interacted with this guy, so he obviously hasn't interacted with me or would know my voice, so he just calls just to check and make sure he's there before, well, I guess the missiles were kind of already in the air, Mm -hmm. but uh, just to make sure that, be in the impact zone. So basically, he kidnaps Lex Luthor and uses a hologram to pretend to be him, but Superman knows Lex isn't in there. And he immediately is like, well, I'm going to go talk to him. And Mercy's like, no, you can't do that. And so this is a highly trained professional bodyguard who knows how to fight. And a guy pretending not to be a superhero, just a regular dude. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take on this bodyguard to try to open the door. And that won't ever cause suspicions that I might be Superman. I'm like, good, good job. Well, he didn't go overboard. You know, <laughs> everybody can just dodge. They can get a lucky dodge in. I think if he tried to throw, like, actually try to throw punches and kicks, flipper, like, out of the, out of the way, then that might have been more of a flag. 
but uh, you know, just dodging. I think anybody can get away with maybe one. Yeah. So that leads to the bulk of the episode, which is them trying to figure out where Lex is and trying to find out what happened to him. Which is kind of just a really kind of just dumb plan that Brainiac has here. I felt like there was a lot of padding in this episode. There's that whole part of the missile blowing up the missile blowing up Clark where he lives, and then he takes it out. Oh no, it blows up, knocks some debris down. Oh no, he's got to stop the debris. Oh no, he's got to save the civilians. I'm like, what is all this filler here? That's exactly what it was. I think this whole episode was just a very simple episode, just written just like, we just need a way to reintroduce Brainiac, and we also need to fill 22 minutes. Because the plan, if you think about what is going on in this episode, it doesn't make any sense. Because we have Brainiac, so it's supposed to be like a you know super smart intelligence, some kind of supercomputer being, but he's not smart enough to kind of analyze and understand that Clark Kent's Superman voice is extremely similar. And then on top of that, the main part of just like him abducting Lex Luthor and staying hidden is using this type of like, um, I don't know, altered video and voice recording to, to have him to to make it seem as if Luthor's there and responding to people. But the way he gets found out is just like, well, why didn't you erase the tapes? That's how they find him out is because she goes and looks at the security footage and sees... Oh. He They're analog through. tapes, Thomas. They're an- well, he can't go in and erase. So yes, he can. He has, he has those drones that can access the building easily. Oh, that's right, because they surprised her while she was looking at the tapes. Right. So yeah. they could have they could erase the footage or change it around or something. He could have like generated like a huge magnetic field that like degaussed everything. That would take care of it. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is suggestion, if, if he just did that, he never would have been found out. It would have been everything would have been fine. Fine. Well, they they figured Luthor wasn't in the room, but they wouldn't have well, known. I I have so, a list of four stupid moments that Brainiac does in this episode. Do you want to hear them? I, I guess do we want to wrap this up and then get to those. Yes. Okay. Well, before we do that, then I really think to get out the padding, they should have focused more on Mercy. Because she's definitely attempting to be a main character the second half of the episode. Because he's like, oh, why do you trust him? Because you see that she takes her responsibility seriously protecting him. And she's like, oh, he, you know, took me in when I was homeless or whatever and made me his bodyguard. She obviously investigates and looks for him, I think, because she generally cares about him. And then she obviously feels betrayed when something falls on her. And Lex decides not to go back and save her, but he goes up and saves himself even though he's basically leaving her to die and at the end it's just you see her get out of the car because she's still going to chauffeur him around she stares at superman you don't know what it's supposed to entail almost like well whatever this is my job i can't have feelings well and then I- goes back to chauffeuring and working for lex and just suppressing her emotions and continuing on with her life i would think she felt a little shame there because basically this is all she has. It's not what she's going to do, quit. It feels like this is all she has, and she feels like that's all she can do, but they don't explore that because they bring it up the second half of the episode. And yeah, I think they could have added a lot more to that. There could have been like multiple sequences where like Superman and Mercy are kind of going back and forth for like, he's not a good guy. He only looks out for himself. He's selfish. And then she's like kind of arguing at certain points throughout the episode. No, he does this. He did this or that kind of thing. But no, they just, you know, they just randomly bring it up once, and and then that sequence happens. 
once you see that that Lex just basically just abandons her, I mean, I don't know. There's not any weight to it because it's kind of like eh, you didn't really build this up. Like you just kind of make it. You're not making an argument that Lex really cares about her beyond her just making that one statement randomly. Um, yeah, well, you when see... he does do the betrayal, it's like, oh, I mean, this is all we've ever known Lex to be. Why is this a surprise? <laughs> yeah, she thought that maybe she would be the one of the only things he cares about, and that ended up not being true. So he only cares about himself always and forever. <laughs> and that's what she's accepted at the end, I guess. She's accepted that she will never be cared about by him, even though she cares for him and must fight slash work for him all the time. She should have realized that when when he was trying to blow up the building while she was in it as well. <laughs> when, when they never follow up on this, Mercy never gets another chance in the spotlight the entire 52 episodes of Superman. Is that true? Only that's, true. that's not true. No, really? she, she shows up to be like, talk to Lex and stuff. I think the only time she has more screen time is when she taunts Lex when Lex is starting is, is trying to date Lana there's, Lang. There is another one. I don't know if it's in Superman or if it's in Batman, but there's an episode where um, Mercy and Harley Quinn are fighting each other. There's some kind of like rivalry that happens between those two. And, you know, they actually get into like a physical fight. Okay, maybe that's the Batman Superman three parter. Maybe she has more to do there. But yeah, but in terms of her even being more of a character instead of just always following Lex along, this was like generally the only one. Yeah, she makes a pretty sad main character. (laughs) I actually, when I was a kid and I saw this, I think I did actually think that she could be a main character, but that was just kind of poor character development. Like that was going on. There wasn't really anything. It was just a few concerned looks and some suggestion of a backstory that wasn't very interesting. So, yeah. Pretty. And she's original for this cartoon. She was never a comic book creation first. Yeah. Do you want to hear my stupid moments now? Yep. Sure. All right. So number one, Brainiac is pretty stupid because he doesn't give Luther food or rest so that he can work faster. Because when you are tired, you make more mistakes, waste more time fixing those mistakes. It's been scientifically proven for decades, Brainiac. Come on. How many... Fleshy creatures have you found and discovered in your adventures genociding across the cosmos that you wouldn't have found that anywhere in their databases? Yeah. Yep, that's definitely stupid. (laughs) Also stupid, he assumed that a missile would kill Superman. He's like, is this Cal... Did he ask if this is Clark or did he say is this Cal... He said Clark, so he thought it was Clark. He didn't know... He doesn't know that Clark is Superman. Okay, so strict that... Strike that from the stupid moments record. So stupid number three, I thought when he's like, Lex is, this is the best tech I've ever seen. And, and he just says, and it's the best you'll ever see again. I'm like, Brainiac, dude, you still need him to finish. Why would you say that? And then he's just like, aha, I said that because I knew I was already mostly finished. And now I can finish the rest myself. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, and and the fourth one I actually like, even though it is kind of stupid, is he sits up to dramatically reveal that he's that and shoots Lex. Then when Superman and Mercy find him, he got back on the table, laid down, just so he could spin out and sit up to surprise Superman. 
Yeah, I didn't notice that. I was like, "What it happened?" That was weird. Was gone, but I was at first. I was like, "Oh, why did he get back into the thing?" <laughs> like he was finished, right? He said he was finished. I don't know. Maybe he needs to charge up after shooting that big blast from before. Anything else for this episode? Well, I have a stupid moment for Lex. Well, well, while he was uh, starved and he was looking for something to eat, and he he found those Snickers bars or whatever. <laughs> like, it shows him like kind of binging for a second, and then he looks into like his reflection on I don't know a piece of debris or something, or like a I don't know maybe a from the vending machine. Mirror. Yeah, yeah. And he looks like all pathetic, <laughs> and I'm like, well, what did that mean really to the rest of the story of Lex? Did he learn anything right there, or was that just no. you know a moment of weakness? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what he did realize. It was a weakness. I was almost expecting him, in retrospect now, he probably should have said, I will not be the way I discovered mercy. And like, you know, <laughs> had to throw more wow, fuel on the fire. Wow. I, I just feel like he didn't learn anything at the same time. He's just, it, it looked like something. Like it was supposed to be character development, right? But it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just, it's just filler at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of one last uh, stupid moment. Okay. Superman just letting Luthor just have Brainiac. Which kind of leads to how Brainiac just keeps appearing, reappearing. Uh, it's because they never really destroy him. And in this case, they, you know, as he's blowing up, he's creating some kind of like magnetic field that's pulling in all. It's pulling the building apart. A bunch of metals is flying towards yeah. him. It's, it encases him. And, you know, Luthor has his crew just basically digging through the debris to find his body, and they find it. And Superman's like, you should give that to the army. And Luthor's like, nope, it's my property. And yeah. Superman shouldn't even have listened to any of that. He should have just taken it. Like, <laughs> Luthor wouldn't have done anything he about it. Have. He probably would have just lived, lived with it. Yeah. And it's the like, military can go, oh, my God, Superman, he's stealing from a legitimate corporate businessman. We've got to make some superpowered people to take him down. That's yeah, that's what would I guess that would undermine the whole purpose of this episode is let's just force Brainiac to be back into this universe. So here's how it ends. What is Brainiac's motivation? One, to live and be whole. He he didn't finish that step to get to a step two. Um what is his plan? Build a new body with LexCorp Tech, kidnap Lex to finish it by hacking into his systems. And that was it. And that, that was his whole plan. He just wanted to live. He didn't even have a future plan yet. But that we'll see now. He made a two-step plan in the next one. Because <laughs> it's, it's basically the same plot next episode. Well, I think, I think yeah, I think it all kind of leads to the same thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, one, I need to get a body. I need to be rebuilt. And then two, I need to leave. Which, yeah. which leads to the second episode. So if, if you want me to compare... Brainiac's motivation in this second episode called Nighttime, this is the episode where Superman has to go and pretend to be Batman because Batman's listening, missing. His motivation is, one, be alive and whole. Two, leave planet Earth to continue my knowledge collection slash planetary genocide on other planets, ignoring Superman. <laughs> He's just like, I'm getting out of Earth. Superman's defeated me too many times. Yeah, that was the part that I couldn't really figure out. Okay, are you just leaving, and then you're going to destroy Earth while you're leaving, or or what? No, he only tech he had was that spaceship. Because I think his plan is just make new body, make spaceship to leave Earth, 
and accomplish both by instead of kidnapping someone, this time I'm going to brainwash them and use them to not only make a body, but a spaceship as well. <laughs> but the thing is, he can't learn from his mistakes because I, I, this is not the same Brainiac from the, the last episode because what it's a happens new is... It's of Brainiac. <laughs> yeah, so what <laughs> happens time. is in, in the second episode or the first time Brainiac shows up on Earth, he's destroyed and goes into Lex's computer. So when the Superman crossover with Batman happens, he copies himself into the Wayne Tech's computer. So now he's technically in, in tw he exists twice in Wayne Tech and LexCorp. So he shows up in the episode we saw last time to try to build a body, fails. This one shows up in Wayne Tech. It's not the same Brainiac. He has no memory of what happened in the LexCorp episode. But I wonder if every time he does this, there's got this has got to happen so often with Brainiac. Does he ever do a search for like news? articles, anything to show that maybe he already came back to see what his plans were, to see what he had tried to do previously with one of his other copies, because they never, like, address anything like that. Well, what previous episode? Because he, in this nighttime episode, he basically says he remembers, well, he basically expected Clark to show up again. He no, he expected Batman to show up. He did not expect to see Superman. He literally says, hmm, this encounter right. was highly improbable. Yes, that's that's true. Yeah. So, but it was just funny because this Brainiac has no memory of the Ghost in the Machine episode because that wasn't him. That was another copy. So, to him, this is only his second encounter with Superman. I thought he mentioned Superman before in the first episode. We yeah, the first um Well, yeah, didn't he say that? He said he was ex he expected you to come at some point. No, he was expecting Batman to show up. Remember? No, no, in the Ghost in the Machine episode, I think when... Oh, when yeah, he, he was expecting Superman, because that's Superman City, so... So he remembers them, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, yeah they, he... both Brainiacs remember the encounter from when they first landed on Earth, and he tried to trick Superman into joining them, but, mm. they, won't, don't, but they don't remember each other's encounters, because they're copies now of that one. Makes sense. The only problem is, when he shows up in the future, to see a copy of either of these, or see just another copy... Of the first one, and just never dies, and you never know. So, because I don't think it's possible to figure out any of that going forward anymore, because there's no continuity anywhere. Uh, yeah, I don't continue. think it's worth. Yeah, I don't think it's worth figuring out. What you're saying kind of explains why one of the notes I made after watching this, watching those first two episodes, I'm, I just came to the conclusion that Brainiac is just—he's just an ineffective villain. He's just terrible. He can't really fight that well. He shoots blasts and kind of chases after weaker stuff, but when Superman really, I don't know, gets very physical with him, he doesn't really fight back, which is fine. Not all of Superman's rogues gallery are like, you know, physical fighters kind of like that. They use their brain like Luthor. And he doesn't really come up with any schemes that really outsmart Superman or anything like that. He just has his plan of what he wants to do. And, and then Superman just gets involved, and he just kind of like he tries his best to wrap up what he's doing, but then Superman always just stops him. And Brainiac never discovers Kryptonite in this show. He never hacked into LexCorp's stuff to know that Lex had Kryptonite because he never uses it in all of the television series. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I was like, well, maybe I'm thinking of episodes where he's gotten Kryptonite where he kind of fights. I thought you know Brainiac was a villain, one of Superman's you know more feared villains, but. Mm -hmm. From what we're watching so far, and he, I don't, he just seems like a complete waste. Yeah, I almost want to read his first 
appearance during the 80s reboot to see how he was portrayed in the 80s when they rebooted the Superman franchises because I know nothing about comic Brainiac. Yeah, because I I thought there was there was some kind of like robotic form where maybe I'm getting confused with Brainiac in the like the DC animated movies. Maybe the version that shows up there is more of a threat compared to this animated series show. God, that reminds me, I still have never watched the first Superman animated movie from the DC Cinematic Universe. The one called I think is it Superman Unleashed. It's the one where he fights Brainiac, and that's the whole movie. I still have never that's, watched. Yeah, it. that's probably the one that I'm thinking about. I've seen that one. I've never seen it. Is it good? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. you get at the very least you get a, an effective Brainiac. Okay. Because yeah, there's a few of those movies I've been thinking I should go watch some of the gaps from those DC ones I haven't watched. So with this nighttime episode, there is a gag that helped me learn something new. I'm gonna send you guys a picture. Mm-hmm. Well, as as we switch over to to yeah. the Gotham side, <laughs> we we wow. We have, <laughs> Tim Drake basically trying to you know defend the city while Batman's missing. So he's throwing out one liners and he has some kind of like a baseball one liner about terrible pitch or something like that. But as he's standing on top of the fence, there's a sign behind him that's kind of obstructive. So he jumps out of the way and the sign just says "Dem Bums." D E M B-U-M-S. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? I was like, them bums. I mean, that clearly says them bums. And I'm like, what is that supposed Is that supposed to mean something? Are the bums the name of the Gotham City baseball team? No, it's an actual real-life reference to the Dodgers when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers before they oh, moved to L.A. Yeah. So this was back in, like, the 1930s or something like that. Um, so there was a political writer who was getting a cab and he asked the cabbie how the Dodgers were doing. So I guess this was in Brooklyn. You know, the cabbie had a thick uh, New York accent and he basically said, dumb bums are bums. That was his response to the political writer. So the political, sorry, not not political writer, political cartoonist. No, sorry. (laughs) Sports cartoonist. He was a sports writer and he did cartoons as well. So he got the idea to create the Brooklyn bum to symbolize the team. And as part of that imagery, you know, he had the dim bums uh, catchphrase to go along with it. So there was a whole bunch of different stuff. They used it in, um, you know, team yearbooks and stuff like that and <laughs> merchandise. It became like, I don't know, a friendly nickname for the team, even though you're kind of just saying that they were basically like lovable losers, essentially. So okay. it was kind of a term of endearment, kind of not kind of just making fun of them kind of thing. But I, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's probably a reference that someone from our grandparents' generation wrote into the story. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, they, they are older guys. The writers yeah. the, for this, for the Batman and Superman, Paul, Paul Dini and Tim, forget their, Bruce uh, Tim, Bruce Tim, yes, yeah, yeah. This, so they are older, so I'm not surprised that they would work that in. That's funny. So I just had more ridiculous comments like, I wish I could swing on a vine and somehow avoid all gunfire. I'm like, I know that's, I know it's on, it's always unrealistic to dodge bullets, but it's just kind of funny. You'd swing on a vine and not get shot at. And so there was something Superman did that was kind of stupid that I didn't understand. He, he goes to Gotham City and helps Tim Drake when he gets surprised by shooters in a truck. He knocks the van over 
And then he grabs a random car and places it on top of the van. Why did he need to do that? There's already a wall there. They cannot go where you put the car. And you just destroyed someone's car for no reason. So, yeah, that was kind of confusing at first. I was like, okay, what are you doing? Like, why are you putting it on top? So I think what he was trying to do is, it was like a, you know, a bank truck. So the back of it's all busted up. So he slams it on the ground. So it's standing up where, like, the engine is, like, pointing up in the air. And the back of the truck is wide open and the doors are open. So the robbers are basically standing on asphalt. So I think what he was trying to do is pin the truck so it doesn't tip over and they get free. So I think he used the car as, like, an anchor to, to make sure it stays in place. That's weird. I almost want to see the script for the episode to see if it was written in some way that was lost in translation when it got over to the animators. It was a lot. I don't, I didn't, I never, I don't think anybody would have thought that that was necessary or thought they're like, (laughs) well, why don't they just knock over the truck that they're in? I mean, the truck is huge. I don't think, or at least, you know, put the car on the side where the door actually was so they can't get out. But, Mm. but anyway, so So around that same time, there's another couple of sequences that I really like. So I guess it's kind of throughout this episode. So as you mentioned, Superman is posing as Batman, working alongside of Tim Drake. They're trying to just basically fool everybody. So, you know, they have to go see Commissioner Gordon. They encounter Bane, Mad Hatter, and the Riddler. Was there something? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they go talk to... They're in the base where Bruce Wayne is uh, being controlled. But throughout this, it's, it's just fun watching Superman try... Well, to me, it's kind of like perfect execution of Bruce Wayne or Batman's voice and mannerisms, which kind of make me think, like, how is he so good at this? Like, if if you're so good at making up voices and controlling your voices and, you know, basically disguising yourself, how did you just end up with just the Clark Kent disguise or the Clark Kent voice? Like, you couldn't, you <laughs> clearly you're capable of doing the best disguises there are that there could possibly be. And then all you decided to do is just glasses. And then this Clark Kent voice is slightly different. I wrote a note about that. I used to read a lot of those really awful Superman, Supergirl comics from the 60s because my sister sisters would always have a lot of them. And he actually did have super ventriloquism in that in those comics, as well as altering his voice because they just made up new powers for him every few issues, and he just became like so godlike over yeah. time. Uh, you're talking about like Golden Age Superman? Yeah, Golden Age Superman. Okay, yeah, he, yeah. There's some crazy stuff with him. I, I've seen about like some of the stuff that they said that he can do. That if you actually think about it. <laughs> This just seems like crazy impossible that he's doing stuff like that. I think mimicking voices is it's just so dumb. <laughs> so power to have. He's not an Tim android. He's, he's an alien, but it's it's just ridiculous. I was saying uh, Tim Drake, he wasn't a fan because Superman could even do a uh, perfect Tim Drake impression. And then Robin, he was like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> exactly. That's how I was feeling about it. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that most of the episode was really funny, though, him trying to blend in, because I like how he's like, uh, I don't know how to do this. So Robin has to speak in a whisper so that he can hear with his super hearing to pretend he knows what's going on. Right. Commissioner Gordon showed him a picture. Uh, he can, you know, Superman didn't know any of those people. Uh, I don't think he's, he's probably never seen Bane outside of his mask. So, yeah, Robin told him what was happening. He didn't even um, know who Bane was. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, was... That, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when they're trying to leave, he's reaching for his grappling hook on the left side of the belt. And Robin's like, the right side. And he's like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't know, like, everything. It's just well, pretty he figured funny. out the grappling hook pretty well. 
and throwing yeah. a batarang so that it wraps around like people's arms. He got that pretty well too. I think they should have lent more into the comedy this episode, even with the villains and stuff. I mean, there was near the end of the fight. God, I was actually, I just remember seeing Riddler and being disappointed again because I was always disappointed that they redesigned Riddler to be the worst design of the it's entire design. season it's four and five. And he never got a single episode to be the villain in the new redesigned episodes. Yeah, because the Riddler design in the first couple of seasons of the animated series are very good. It's a very good design, and he has really good episodes in those early those early seasons. So I don't remember him being used effectively after that. Oh, so this is another thing that's kind of funny. Once Bruce is done making Brainiac in his spaceship, he's like, you are no more use to me. I'm going to kill you. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's so short-sighted. I think he just loves to murder. I think he just enjoys it. Like, that's why he does it, not because he needs to, because otherwise, you know, he would have killed all the scientists, too, because they knew something, too. I'm like, are you stupid? Do you like to murder? You know, make a decision. Kill everyone or let everyone leave because there's no reason to do this. So is, are you saying that that's his personality? He's got a cliff jumper syndrome, just got bloodthirst, just like, I need yeah. to just destroy somebody. Well, we didn't see it last episode, but this episode and the next, in two instances, he thinks he's killed Superman and he smiles for like the only time in each episode he's like oh yeah i killed superman finally this is a great day in my life then he's then yeah, he's shocked right. when he's not dead yeah which is kind of weird he's because he seems like a very monotone i don't know i am just ai i don't care i don't have feelings i'm not i'm not emotional like humans are but he shows a lot of emotion he gets you know he smiles he is sarcastic he just does a lot of stuff that you just he was i guess when superman was breaking up his plane he was shocked and frightened oh no what is this guy doing to my stuff um, i didn't remember that he actually shows a lot of emotion for you wouldn't expect because none of that when he talks necessarily well i guess kind of he does kind of like weird snarky comments so i guess that's there i don't know i i really don't expect that much emotion coming from brainiac but he shows a lot of it Mm-hmm. What'd you think of Brainiac in this episode, Charlie? Uh, it just seems like he's using the same mechanisms he always does. Like he tried to enlist Bruce Wayne and Wayne Corp to just do some slave labor and build him a rocket. <laughs> like that's supposed to work. <laughs> it it um, is an improvement over his previous plan. It is basically just slave labor again, except I got to take away their free will this time. It's the exact same plan. Build me something. <laughs> but this goes back to my original. Since this is a copy, and that was a different copy, that means one of the copies was smarter than the other copy. Uh, smarter because he fed these one these slaves. <laughs> they didn't want to leave. They're just like uh, Bruce is like, okay, you can go home. And they're like, uh, what? Go go home? He wants us to go home from work <laughs> yeah it's like who's who's actually like that they had some serious stockholm syndrome maybe <laughs> well they weren't kidnapped he had just hired all these people and had him come down there this brainiac was not i gotta be built now 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 this one was more meticulous and decided i will hire these people and they will work until it gets done you think so you really yeah so you so you think this brainiac that was controlling Bruce Wayne actually took the time. Okay, I need to put food in this human body. Let me figure out how to use a knife and fork, chopsticks, <laughs> so I well, can you know, eat this could, vessel. He could mind oh, yeah. control him, so he could probably say, "Make sure you eat some sustenances three times a day, so you don't look anorexic to your coworkers and oh, they ask what's wrong them. with you." <laughs> 
Well, I forgot Bruce was under the influence of the nanobots or whatever the nanites right. they call them. But uh, yeah, I guess because of that, he just kind of went about this in a business-like way. Hired some subcontractors, and it all seemed normal until he told them to go home. Because then they were like, "Oh man, I thought we we're gonna get paid for an eight-hour day." Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> their hours short. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Brainiac would have gotten Bruce to approve over time. I mean, he did mind control him. He probably could have been like, man, you guys, I'll even give you double time if you work 12-hour shifts. And they'd have been like, oh, yeah, oh, let's, go, let's go do that. They're like all walking off. They showed him mumbling for like another minute <laughs> as they <laughs> away. Like, yeah, yeah I listened to that twice because there mm-hmm. was some guy who was just saying something about billionaires. I couldn't, I don't, I, you can't make it out. There's, I think it gets cut off, but yeah, there seem to be fragments of interesting comments right there. Yeah, that's yeah. how they get around paying us benefits, just by cutting our hours short, man. Well, what's funny is the episode ends with just, he fights, he thinks he's killing Batman and then realizes it's Superman. And I don't think he's prepared for Superman, which is why he gets taken down so easily when he just tries to escape in his rocket. Mm-hmm. Again, just ineffective, ineffective Brainiac. And then the the one thing I was disappointed with is Superman just says, oh, the city was in good hands and leaves. And we get no thank you from Bruce to be like, man, you did a good job, Tim. He's just like suddenly cuts off screen and we don't hear what he thought of what was happening. And we're just totally satisfied with um, Brainiac's rocket just blowing up in orbit and we're not concerned about the fact that he may have replicated himself across the world servers and every Amazon ABS farm is probably under his control. So <laughs> we will be seeing him again in another five no. to 10 years. Brainy actually, he's a Microsoft guy. He's on the Azure servers. <laughs> I think that the next many episodes of his appearance, nobody bothers to explain how he repaired himself or where he came from. He's just there. That's going to be a question I have for this next episode the conclusion from that because i'm like i I do want to say hold on one more thing in this episode that i really liked is there is a a video chat it's mind controlled bruce wayne leaving a message in in a video tim is just like something is very wrong see he's smiling (laughs) like batman never smiles even when he's bruce wayne (laughs) yeah i did yeah i really did like this kind of like let's focus on how batman actually Batman and Bruce Wayne actually act uh, their mannerisms. But that's kind of weird. Like, I mean, Batman doesn't smile. Bruce Wayne, he's smiled before. He, mm-hmm. he definitely is given grins and stuff like that. He's, you know, he's supposed to be the charismatic, like, billionaire. Yeah, uh, back, Batman only smirks. Like, it's like this half smile. Like a little... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anything more on this episode, either of you? Nope. Charlie? Thank God, um... Superman has a similar chin to Bruce Wayne, or this could have gone pretty badly. In this episode, they were very distinct. Superman has a butt chin. True. Bruce Wayne <laughs> has a big square jaw. Yeah. They, the one thing I was like, is that what? Because Commissioner Gordon seemed kind of like something's not right here. I don't think you're fooling me. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was he was going to catch the chins because they were definitely different. And someone was like, "Oh, he looks a little bigger today." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then we'll go on to our third and final episode, New Kids in Town, Brainiac's final appearance on the Superman show. In this episode, apparently 1,000 years later, Brainiac 
who looks exactly the same as he did a thousand years ago and I guess has never changed his methods, his technology, never has reflected on his past actions to ever change anything, has decided to go back in time and kill a young Superman, and that's the plot. And three of the Legionnaires, Legionnaires, Future Justice Leaguers, I don't remember. I really am always so bored at the Legion of Superheroes. I just... I cannot get into them. Anytime I watch any of them on anything, I just get so bored. I I have never liked them in cartoons, comics, anything. So just them appearing makes me bored. Agree. I I don't know. I don't know anything about them besides this, this appearance. I I know the Legion of Doom and Justice League and Super Friends. Their I've never... names are boring. It's like Chameleon Boy, Cosmic Boy... Saturn yeah. girl. They almost seem like they could have just been made up for one episode. And that that would have been good yeah, enough. They just get standard issue superhero name. There's too many of you guys. We can't afford to be creative. And all I know is they come from a utopian future where Earth is at peace, and they got to protect it from like everything else. I think you see them again in a Justice League episode after this. I think that's their only other appearance. Because oh yeah, because Supergirl goes into the future with them and then is never heard from again. That's weird. And you just never know if she's ever going to come back to the present after uh, after that episode because they never follow up on it in any future Justice League episodes. Well, my first thing is WTF. A farmer uses a shotgun on teenagers. How is this acceptable for for the broadcast standards and practices, like allowing someone to just hold a gun at some kids? Well, I would say, one, it's America. Two, he only brandishes it. I don't think he actually shoots. Yeah, but he was expecting people roughing up his plane with his cows or whatever, and his instinct is to get a effing shotgun to scare the kids away off his property. Not hey, like that's, that's what again, you do in the, the, the hinterlands. That's what that's how you work it. <laughs> God, we meet our young Superman abusing his powers to defeat bullies and show off to his class. Because this is not the Superman we know of yet in the past. Uh, yes, a very reckless Superman. So I guess he wasn't full on with the bit of just like, well, I have to disguise myself. I can't let people know that I'm different. Because if he's doing this all the time, he is going to get caught somehow. He's <laughs> completely failing. Well, that's what this introduces. This is a one of those time travel episodes where the time travel had to happen to create what happened in the first place. I think I guess it's a closed loop time travel because Brainiac and the Legionnaires, whatever they're called, go back in time. They give him the glasses idea, which is then what he did use in the first episode. So basically, they always had to go back into the past to give them the idea to use glasses to continue everything. <laughs> the most important point ever. That was so funny. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I hate when you make story mechanisms like that on the fly, and then you're like, okay, that just ruined everything. Absolutely everything. Or you just <laughs> thought it was a really weird ending or bad ending? No, I, I, just adding that as a mechanism for him to have on the Clark Kent glasses. I'm like, why? <laughs> it's just so silly. <laughs> I actually have an old comic book where... Where they explain that it's not glasses that actually is his disguise. It's actually because every time he's wearing his glasses, he's using his super hypnotism on everyone. Oh my god, that's oh. funny. 
He just has to disguise his eyes while he's doing it. So uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> you can't really see that he's they're like swirling around and being hypnotic. Yeah, I mean, in that case, he should just fight crime as uh, Clark Kent and just hypnotize everybody. Yeah, because I think it's one of those comics I have. It was a giant anniversary ep- episode where Clark and Superman actually get split into two separate people in the story. And at the end of this episode, there's like a few extra pages and it explains Superman's powers. Because they're like, man, that sounds too stupid. We better explain how this works. I do have a stupid comment, but this time it's for Superman. Or no, it's for Brainiac again. I'll go back in time, not to when Superman has no powers, but when his powers were just starting to develop. This plan cannot go wrong. (laughs) How pervy is that? (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe they don't ever explain like if he picked this exact time period or if it was approximate because why didn't he go back when he was a child and murder him before he had any powers? Also, again, like he's supposed to be this super knowledgeable being with all the knowledge that he's taken from all these different places. Mm-hmm. It, this is an act that is just like counter to all of that stuff. What was that again? It's counter to what stuff? You know, it's counter to the image that they're building of Brainiac. Like, the, was it he's smart? Was that he's smart? Well, yeah, that he's smart, that he's he's gathered a bunch of knowledge that, he, you know, he just has, like... I guess he has a bunch of knowledge, he doesn't have a bunch of wisdom. I guess it's that kind of thing. <laughs> doesn't know how to use it, apply it in an applicable... He clearly doesn't. Maybe that's the point that they're trying to make, is that, you know, book smarts can only take you so far, kids. I, I thought it was weird how he starts this episode as super murderer basically he's like hey where's clark live and the guy's like you know up yours buddy and he's like insufficient response throws him through a window half a football field away and he slams into the ground he should be dead breaking his neck and then after that he lifts him up and throws him into an electric sign three stories high in the air this kid should be dead now yeah and that's just supposed to be comedic because like something i think a letter from the sign falls on him and he's like Oh, <laughs> well, that's how you know he's not dead because he still goes, oh, right. You always got to do that in cartoons. To, otherwise, if death is implied, <gasps> I mean, you know? I don't know. I mean, that could just be a death throw. So, like, he probably was alive, slightly impaled, and then the pee falls on him and breaks his spine and or smashes him in further. <laughs> and that was kind of weird. Yeah. The guy no, was just hanging out the whole time. Because he's the bully of the story, and we just wanted to see something happen to him because we. Yeah don't like him i did like how lana lang was in this episode but she didn't do anything she's there to i guess goad him on to like how much he's changing into a worse person but it won't matter because he's gonna lose all his memory of this episode anyway so he'll eventually just learn to be the good superman anyway without her well i don't know because well just because they lose their memory of this particular time frame before brainiac gets involved they were you know, these are feelings he clearly had before. Like, this is, you know, Superman had been acting this way before Brainiac showed yeah. up. So, well, he'll probably continue doing what he was doing, or he'll kind of learn either from her or from his parents. Well, uh, yeah, I guess he learns yeah. when his his, uh, his uh, adopted father dies. Yeah, I just wish Lana had come back a little bit more in the cartoon, because they set her up in the second episode, and then she goes into the city when she starts studying Lex Luthor, and then she's never heard from again, except for this one. Oh, I didn't know that ever happened. That's kind of weird. You don't remember she's dating Lex Luthor in an episode, and Clark comes by and is like, oh, hey. And they're like best friend because, you know, they know each other from school. But then 
Well, she starts wanting to date Superman and get insider information because she already knows that he's Superman. Because she can just put two and two together because of how his powers were back in school or whatever. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to feed Superman information while I'm dating Lex and be a hero. And Lex is like super hurt when he finds out that she's betraying him to go date Superman. That's funny. And the whole time, Mercy is like goading Lex because I guess she's jealous that he's dating anyone in the first place and just wants her gone. Mm. So I remember at one point she's like, you want I should kill her? And even Lex is like, I love her too much. No, you're not going to, you know, kill her. And he gets angry and like, like picks her up or something. Cause he's just like, my heart might be broken, but I'm not going to, you know, murder her or something. So that's funny. Uh, no, I've never watched every episode. That, so. that episode is, is one of the, the funny interesting. Ones. Yeah. I, I would want to see that one. It's like the only episode you see Lex actually have, you know, emotions like a normal human. That's great. But so, so. At the middle of this episode, it suddenly becomes a horror show because the League are nowhere. Clark has run home, and I guess the League don't know where he lives on the farm. And all of a sudden, it becomes a Terminator Predator episode, indestructibly hunting for him at his farmhouse as he's trying to hide with his mom and his dad and Lana in the basement and all that, and they're trying to get away from him. And it's just like almost like a horror episode for a few minutes before he just goes out and starts trying to uh to fight him oh yeah lead them away yeah mm-hmm. however one thing that's weird is brainiac has an ego I, like in this episode even though superman's father failed to prevent him slash brainiac from leaving krypton i think he still hates and harbors resentment for oh god kal-el's father still evacuating jor-el, Jor-El for, i think he still resents jor-el for sending kal-el off planet and therefore not making Brainiac be the only survivor because he wants to be the only person that has knowledge. So he wants to be the only person left. So I think he still has all this resentment of never being able to be the only survivor of Krypton. And this is like one of those rare displays of his character motivation and anger towards Superman. Because he's like, yes, now you'll kneel just like Jarrell. And like he just started getting really emotional, like, yeah, F, F that guy. I'm going to finally, you know, get my revenge on him, even though I defeated him and murdered him on Krypton. But, you know. Yeah, which kind of goes to what I was saying before is like he does show an odd amount of emotion that you would really wouldn't expect on the surface. I also wonder if this is Brainiac's last appearance. Like his last appearance is to travel through time where he then gets sent back to the future and burns up in the sun, never to be seen ever again. Okay. So yeah, this is the one I'm like, how do you, you you're, you're tossing the sun, you're burning up. It's some kind of like, I don't know, Dragon Ball Z kill where we have to kill every single cell to make sure you're completely dead. So he burns up completely as he's falling into a sun. If he ever returns from this, that has to be like one of the greatest, like all time comeback stories. Well, remember, uh, he got sent back into the future of the year 2,900-something. He can keep reappearing as much as he wants in the present continuity of Batman, Superman, so, Justice so League. Because we copy, know he's not going to die until the future. So this copy has a definite endpoint that never reappears, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Assuming he's not the last copy. I don't know. you have any more comments, Charlie? Oh, were you going to cover any stupid moments in the... <laughs> yeah, if you have any, sure. <laughs> uh, I noticed um, 
as Brainiac was pursuing, he was going to the Kent's home and he had his bots out and everything. For some reason, the bots felt like they needed to burn a hole in the Kent's screen door. I mean, because it's just impenetrable. A screen door, come on. But they, they like burned little holes, like, you know, like the spy holes are perfectly round. And then they went through those. I even forgot that he even had robot minions. I thought it was just Brainiac the whole time. They could have just just gone on in, like just burst on through the door. <laughs> just scream. <laughs> it was open. This was more efficient. Or they could have opened the door. <laughs> they didn't but, want um, to make physical contact with this filthy human door. Mm-hmm. You know what I just realized, too, is that Brainiac is in a future where Superman is now dead. But he doesn't care. He wants to go back in time and kill him anyway. Well, that kind of makes sense. Because it seems like the Legionnaires seem like they're capable. They can kind of handle, I don't know, for the most part, Brainiac. A Brainiac-level threat. So, I mean, I guess Brainiac would want to go back to a time to eliminate Superman before he actually becomes the legend that is saving everybody and influencing this society. So that he can go back to a time where that has been changed so that, you know, we don't have this society that's built on these ideals and has inspired all these superheroes that are thwarting me constantly. So it kind of makes sense. Like, if he wants to change what's around him, then he has to deal with Superman since the whole society was based upon Superman's ideals. Can anyone remember the three Legion of Superhero characters that showed up in this episode? Charlie, you guessed the first one. I, only because I've written them down. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason. I don't know why. Chameleon Boy, Cosmic Boy, and Saturn Girl forever immortalized in a text document. (laughs) Did they ever name that guy? Uh, Was his name just Professor? The guy who was trying to, I don't know, convince Brainiac or tell the Legionnaires not to go through the portal? Does he have a name? No, that's just normal scientist guy, number one. Professor with the glowing headband. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. This episode was pretty simple as well. So I, I really wasn't a whole lot to it. It's like, I can't believe um, there was more shotguns in this episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The Kents. The, yeah, the Kents both had a shotgun at the end. For some reason, it was funny, I guess, to have Mrs. Kent also pull out a shotgun. So, yeah. Well, just know that these kind of cartoons will probably never be seen again. <laughs> But, yeah, we were the lucky ones who got to see actual guns in our cartoons. Real guns fired with real bullets, not just lasers. And and real weapons like nunchucks and katanas and evil stuff. (laughs) Oh, did you also notice that Brainiac had his most important controls conveniently on his belt again? Like, there's one point where they, it helped to defeat him by messing with his controls. But they were just on the front of his out- outfit, oh, right? Oh yeah, under the belt. right. That's how Superman or young like Superman, young Clark Kent, yeah, was able to, to disable Brainiac by just basically putting in the combination that somehow he knew. I don't know why Brainiac would not just decide to change that around. It was like, it, I mean, if, if Superman knew it, it must have been like a common input for all of their Kryptonian technology. Maybe, but he could have all the controls be internal. They don't have to be external unless he just likes pushing belt buttons. 
That's that's all I have. Okay. You have anything else for this episode, Charlie? Uh, nope. Everybody just thought there was a tornado, and that was the end. Never happened. Yep. I think all I have is, what is his motivation? His motivation is, I will be the last survivor of Krypton by, you know, a few hundred years more. Um, and his plan is just go back in time, kill young Superman, profit. What did you guys think of Brainiac at all in these three episodes? Does it, like, do you think we got more revelation of him as a character in any of this that we didn't get from the first two episodes? No way. Brainiac is totally weak. And he proved his weakness by coming to the past to fight younger Superman because he thought it would be easier. And a thousand years later, Brainiac still failed to defeat young Superman. That tells me that he never evolves. He never gets stronger. He never gets better. Such a boring villain. (laughs) Yeah, he's, yeah. The only thing I like is I do like, I've been watching Supergirl final season, but I did like Brainiac 5. Brainiac 5 is a recurring character on season 4? Yeah, season 4, I think. He, he's a recurring character, and he's actually allowed to work with Supergirl in the somewhat government task force she usually works with. And they're just like, sure, you're an alien supercomputer from the future that's based on the supercomputer that tried to take over slash destroy all of Earth. We'll let you work here. But no, his character's kind of fun, though. I can't remember if Brainiac 5 was actually made from Brainiac. I don't know anything about Legion of Superheroes. I mean, I don't know if it's the same as Vision from Avengers, where Ultron creates Vision as his, like, quote, son, unquote, and then he's like, nope, I'm going to join the Avengers because you gave me free will and I'm going to fight you. I don't know if Brainiac 5 is the same thing as as that story. This is the first I'm hearing of him. Oh, okay. Well, he's another Legion of Superhero from the future, so that's why you wouldn't have heard of him. Is that why he also has this kind of this uh, nothing generic name? Brainiac 5? Was there a 4, 3, 2, and 1? Yes, there is a 4, 3, 2, and 1 because I think Brainiac 2 or 3 is actually a a female computer that Supergirl actually fights. There we go. All right. I don't know. But anyway, we're done with this Brainiac for now. I hope you enjoyed our look at this, this different episode of SparkCast for today. And see if that encourages you to watch any of these episodes or not. Or just stick with Transformers. So signing off here, this is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. Good night. To help the podcast, you can join my Patreon at Realms of Flux, Sean Murphy. You can also check out GeekAid's Patreon, which has early access podcasts, where you can listen to our podcast early, as well as some other podcasts you might be interested in.